Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sadhu, and as always, we've got a great podcast for you. I hope you enjoy it. Lamar Miller off his 97-yard touchdown and record-setting day against the Tennessee Titans joins the podcast, as well as from the Cleveland Browns broadcast team, Nathan Zagura. He'll be talking about this Browns match at Baker Mayfield hot after two straight wins. The Texans and the Browns facing off on Sunday in Week 13. The Texans hope to make it nine straight, but it's going to be a tough matchup. And it's a very different Browns team than the one this team beat last year at NRG Stadium. So we'll get into all that. But first, Lamar Miller. He ran for 97 yards uh, against the Titans for a touchdown. He did that once before in 2014 in December. He was with the Miami Dolphins. He did it against the Jets. He's the only player in NFL history to run for 95-plus yard touchdown runs. That's incredible. And he did it on Monday night in a breakout performance by him. He's been doing well in primetime games, though. Against Miami, he had a day, and the Texans' ground game is running. They put up a record number of yards on the ground between him, Alfred Blue, and Deshaun Watson. We'll get into a little bit about why the run game is so successful, the way that it's a tag team effort between Blue and Miller and how that all goes down. So we all we sat down with Lamar Miller, and here is what he had to say following the Titans win. All right, joining me today, Lamar Miller. Lamar, how's it going today? I'm good. How about yourself? Well rested after the late game? Yes. On Monday night? Yes. Yeah, I'm rested too. <laughs> uh, you're on pace to have over 1,100 yards this season. That's after missing a game. Do you feel like this is as good as any season you've had so uh, far? So far, I think so. Um, you know, the offensive line, they've been doing a great job of giving me the opportunity to, you know, get positive plays. So, um, you know, I get all the credit to them guys. I'll get to that in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the 97-yard touchdown run. You know we got to talk about that. Bill O'Brien was saying on his show that if he knows anything about you, is that you're pretty laid back, but the guys were giving you a really hard time after you got caught. And I think it was against Miami, right? Yes. You were making a run. Looked like you were head for the end zone. Got stopped a little bit short. And he said that after the guys give you a hard time, he said, I'm pretty sure that's the only thing that Lamar was thinking about yes. during that game. Yes. When I was running the ball, my whole mindset was, just don't get caught. You know, I was running, and then I seen Jackson coming towards the end. And then I tried to, you know, turn over, like have some turnover speed to just try to get in the end zone. But, you know, I'm thankful I got in the end That's zone. That's 90, so. 97 yards is a long time to go without getting caught by anybody. I, I know, man. Yeah. You put the pressure on yourself <laughs> on that play. I know, right? <laughs> All right, so I saw next-gen stats clocked you at a max speed of 21.05 miles per hour on that run. Uh, I think my treadmill at home goes up to 12. Like, that's the top speed. You were, yeah. like, at 21 at your max speed. When's the last time you ran the length of a football field that fast? Because you don't sp- probably do it in, in in season, do you? Yeah, during the season, I don't run, I don't run that much. The furthest I'll probably run during the season is probably, like, 20 yards. And I don't even think it's full speed. Right. The only time I really run full speed is, like, when I'm training during the off season, But it's not over, like, 50 yards. So that was something different. Yeah, because you can't prepare for a run like that until it actually happens in the game. Yes. Are you going to change that now? Maybe you should start practicing. I don't know, <laughs> I know. if you need the practice, but. Yeah, I don't know. I just got to – I think it just all comes to, you know, just being in shape, you know, just keeping your stamina, man. You know, just try to keep it going. 
Yeah, I talked to you before in training camp, and you had talked about how you'd lost seven or eight pounds. You wanted to focus on your speed. You said you were the fastest one in that locker room. So you had a lot of confidence. But I wanted to ask you, what do you think made the real difference this offseason for you as far as getting your speed to that level? Um, I just think um, – Like are there workouts or something I think my overall do? trainer, you know, with my trainer. And I just say me losing weight to, to get back in great shape. And I just say the things that I eat. That helps you with your speed? I think so. Just lightens you up a little bit? Yes. Um, This year I feel great. You know, I've been doing a great job of just taking care of my body and, you know, um, eating better. You know, we have a lab been doing a great job of just making sure we're on top of our our diet. So uh, that's been keeping me in good shape throughout the course of the season. So I'm feeling good. All right. I read somewhere that you used to train with Frank Gore, like early in your career. Yes. What did you learn from him? He's like 14 years in the league. You're seven, mm-hmm. so I imagine a lot of that, how to take care of your body, came from a guy like Gore. Yes. Um. You know, Frank Frank Gore, he's the guy um, I've been watching since he was at the University of Miami. I used to always play against his cousin growing up, so he used to come to the games. And, you know, once I got to the NFL, we had the same agent. So my agent was just telling me, a guy like Frank would be somebody I could look up to to see how he trained. And ever since then, I think until, what, my first year here? Until, like, my first year here, I was training with him. So it was, like, five years that I, I was working out with him. And just see the, some of the things that he'd he been doing throughout the course of, you know, the off season. that's something that, you know, I try to follow, and it's been happening so far, so. Are you impressed with how long he's been in the league? Yeah. Or did you kind of know that when you're working out with him, this guy's going to last for a long time? Yeah, I mean, the way he trains, the way he takes care of his body, you could tell that he he's a very professional guy. You know, he trains like three times a day. So He does? Uh, yeah. So um, So did you train three times a day too? Yes, when I first started. Now, <laughs> now I do like – You're on the Frank Gore program. <laughs> yeah, now I do like two times a day, but he do like three times. He, he work out in the morning. In the afternoon, he'll work out again. Then at night, he do like boxing and stuff. So, a little bit of little bit of cross training. Yeah, I know. When you first signed here, you talked about how you wanted to get a lot of carries. You wanted to carry the rock, and that was sort of the plan with you. But this season, it's interesting because, like in Sunday's game, you rushed for 162 yards in the touchdown, but you did it with just 12 carries. And Bill O'Brien was talking about how they're sort of managing your reps this year, you and Alfred, trying to keep you guys fresh when you're out there. And he said it's sort of a conversation that you guys have in-game. So how does that work? You're in the game, and, you know, how do you decide, like, I'm going to stay in for this play or I'm going to come out? Like, how does that go? Does that change from game to game, or well, do you go on your feel? Well, uh, I think Coach, our running back coach, I think him or O'Brien, they do a great job of doing that. Uh, I'm not sure how they do that. It's just – depends on how the game go. I, I guess if I have a lot of carries, you know, in one series or two, we'll rotate with me and Blue. And so far it's been working. You know, we just, me and Blue, we, st- we stay on each other to make sure we're keeping the chains moving and, you know, help this try to help this team be a more balanced offense. So it's not like something where you have to say, hey, I feel like I could stay in or I could come out. It's Do, do you communicate at all in yes. that? My coach, during to... the course of the game, he asked me how do I feel. Okay. If I tell him I need one, then Blue will go in. Okay. And it's just the feel of, of the game. Is that much. hard to do as a back? Because I imagine you want to be in there for all the plays. Yeah. But, and then the adrenaline's going too. Yes, it, it, it just all depends how the game's going. I just feel like if I'm having a good game, then, of course, I want to 
you know, go back in there because I'm I'm feeling it. But I, I think our coach, he do a great job. He know when you're feeling it. So, you know, he, he will keep you in to, you know, just keep moving down the field. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Alfred because a lot of teams have competition at different positions, but it seems like you guys really feed off each other and you guys push each other to be more competitive. How have you thought about what he's done this year? I think he's been doing a great job. You know, he's been taking advantage of his opportunity. You know, uh, man, Blue, we clicked ever since I came here. So, you know, we still on each other, make sure we're doing our assignment, make sure um, we try to do anything to help this team win. And I think so far we've been doing that. And, I mean, we still have room for improvement, but, you know, every day we're just trying to get better. It seems like both of you guys, your yards per carry has gone up significantly, but for Blue and for you, staying fresh and just managing your reps, that both of you guys are playing sort of at your optimum levels like this. Yes. Well, I mean, we get all the credit to the offensive line. You know, um, throughout the course of the week, we just tell them, just get us to the second level. And, you know, once we get there, we just got to take advantage of it and just make big plays. I was going to actually ask you, because I know every time you talk about having a good game, you give credit to the O-line. You always say it's due to the O-line. But early on this season, the O-line was young, and there were a lot of different combinations of players out there. So how does that affect your decisiveness to run the ball while they're still trying to get that chemistry going? You, I would imagine you'd have to be even more decisive. Yes. Um, I mean, I just trust that they they do their job just like they trust me to do my job. So, you know, just knowing whatever play O'Brien call, that they get movement up front, and me uh, just trusting them just helped me be decisive. Uh, J.J. was asked about your 97-yard touchdown run and, and how aware the defense was of the play as it was going on. I think a few players said they could hear the crowd, so they stopped to look, but they're making their adjustments. How about for an offensive player? Do you watch a lot of what the defense is doing on the field? They had that big st- that fourth down stop right before your play. How much are you able to watch what the defense does? I watch every now and then. Sometimes I'm over there with the coach just going over – some of the plays that we ran in the series before, sometimes I watch on third down because we about to get ready and go up. And on that play, it was fourth and one. So, you know, I was paying attention. To yeah, because you knew play. you were, were going to yes. come in at some point. Yes. <laughs> All right, so final stretch of the season. What's going to be the main focus for you? What the, do you think is going to be the key for you these last few games? Just try to get better every day, continue taking the coaching, and, you know, um, just continue to be consistent taking advantage of the opportunity that, you know, the offensive line give me and just continue to be decisive and just try to help this team win any way as possible. Yeah, more 97-yard touchdowns. You're the, you, you're the first to do it <laughs> twice, and so now you could do it three times. Yes, that's the goal. Hopefully we don't be in that situation to be backed <laughs> up. So, But I'm looking forward to more big runs to come. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Lamar Miller on Texans Radio. Thanks, Lamar. Thank you. I find it interesting because as soon as he made that Long run for a touchdown, 97 yards. They they give him the oxygen mask. Danny Barrett, the running backs coach, uh, sort of tossed it to him. And I, I just thought it was really funny to think that this is not something they practice on a week-to-week basis. You don't just sprint 97 yards. And the fact that you don't even do it in the offseason, the only time you really get to do something like that is in a game. And how often do you get to do that? So I find stuff like that fascinating, as well as his relationship. And, and I guess you could call him his mentor, Frank Gore, who sort of helped him out early on in his career, which explains why – Lamar's been able to stay healthy through these last few years. He only missed one game against the Cowboys, and he's still on track to have a career year. So he's really rolling, and the Texans' run game is rolling, and hopefully they can keep it going on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. But first, uh, let's talk about Bose, because like the run game, tuning out the noise, and the Texans, when they were 0-3, tuning out the noise, 
Bose headphones will help you tune out the noise. The Quiet Comfort 35 headphones, too, will block out distractions and help you focus on what matters most. The powerful noise canceling technology can help you do that as well. Concentrate on your music, your work, whatever you're passionate about with the QC35 wireless headphones, too. You can learn more at Bose.com slash Texans. Bose, the exclusive sound of the Houston Texans. And then also, if you're out and about, it's really nice. I can't believe it's almost December and it's 80 degrees. Uh, Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, 12 locations with three locations opening soon in Fulcher, Kingwood, and Porter. You can have their food truck custom designed to bring you their steak burgers, fries, and frozen custard to any of your events. And then, hey, if you're craving a burger, Freddy's Original Double Steak Burger is a real game changer. So check out Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. All right, let's get into this Sunday matchup against the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield uh, he's only thrown one interception through the last three games. They have a new head coach, and they've got a new OC in Freddie Kitchen. So things look a little bit different in Cleveland right now, and they are rocking and rolling. They've got Nick Chubb, uh, who's been not only getting touchdowns on the ground, but touchdowns through the air. He's having a tremendous rookie campaign. We get into all of it with Nathan Zagira, senior media broadcaster and host of Cleveland Browns Daily. How's it going today, Nathan? It is going very well. Thank you for asking. The Browns coming off of a huge road victory over Cincinnati Bengals. The Browns have now won back-to-back games for the first time since 2014. And I know you guys are on an even more impressive eight-game winning streak down there in Houston. But uh, things are feeling very good. There's a lot of optimism around this organization. And you might guess it all starts with number six, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about him. The season started off very differently for these two squads. And now Baker Mayfield, like you mentioned, he's coming off back-to-back wins and pretty vocal after that last win against Cincinnati. What's the feeling in the locker room? I know there was a lot of uncertainty a few weeks ago when you let both your head coach, Hugh Jackson, and the offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, go. But what's it like these days uh, in the Browns' locker room? It is a confident group that feels very, very good. They're not looking backwards. They're only looking forward. You know, they've come off of these two wins. They played their two best football games. Greg Williams has installed, instilled a sense of discipline in this culture. And then Baker Mayfield has taken it upon himself to be the leader on the field, off the field, and in every which way. And you see that in his, you know, he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. And then he goes out there and he backs it up on the field. So Baker Mayfield really, when John Dorsey drafted him, you know, we all hoped that he would be the franchise changer. I remember being at the combine when he sat up there and said, I am the guy to turn things around in Cleveland. And I'm sure much like you guys feel about Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, I can tell you, is the guy to turn things around in Cleveland. And, and talking to numerous players this week and coaches, they are all just so impressed with his leadership and just the fact that he carries himself like a veteran, even though he's really only started eight games in the NFL. Baker Mayfield, since week nine, number two in the NFL in quarterback rating, behind only Drew Brees. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in five straight games, something that no rookie in the history of the Cleveland Browns has ever done before. So he's playing at a high level, and this team believes in him. He believes in himself. The city believes in him. And right now, all we know is that maybe 2018 isn't the year. Who's to say it isn't? The Browns still alive in the playoff hunt. We're going to play a meaningful game in December, something we have not done in years and years. And so, Let's see what can happen to you. But I would say the feeling right now is the most positive it's been in my six years with the Browns. That's amazing. And in the last few games, Mayfield has thrown nine touchdowns and just one interception in the last three games. He threw a lot more picks early on, but how has he been able to play at such a high level? And and how much has that offense changed now with Freddie Kitchens in charge? Well, I'll throw another stat at you that's kind of crazy. In the last two games, he has 10 incomplete passes and has thrown seven touchdowns. Wow. So he is playing at a ridiculously high level right now. And I think when Freddie Kitchens came in, 
one thing that he did, and I've heard this from offensive linemen, running backs, quarterback, obviously Baker Mayfield, receivers, he collaborates with everybody. What plays do you like? He goes into the offensive line room on Friday and sits down with the offensive line and says, what are the five runs in the game plan this week that you guys like the most? And so he is playing to everybody's strengths. He's taking advantage of the talent he has as opposed to saying, this is how I run an offense. You guys need to fit in this. He figures out what they all do best. It's a collaborative process, which not only you know helps because guys are running plays that they believe in and have confidence in, but it also gives them some ownership when you say, hey, I like this play, and he calls it in a critical situation. You definitely want to make sure that play works because that's your input leading to that play call. And so I think they've done a great job of getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Our offensive line has done a great job the last two weeks as well. They have not allowed a sack in either of the last two games, which I know is going to be one of those kind of irresistible forces meets the movable object situations as you guys have several more sacks in each of your last two games as a defense. So that's going to be a big battle to watch. But I think it's really catering to the strengths of the players, getting the running backs, Nick Chubb, who has been phenomenal, and Duke Johnson more involved than they were earlier in the season, and letting Baker do what he does. And frankly, he's doing it very, very well. Yeah, you mentioned Nick Chubb. Just before the Texans played the Jaguars in Week 7, the Browns sent Carlos Hyde, Hyde to Jacksonville. And so we sort of saw the writing on the wall for Nick Chubb that he was going to get a lot more carries. What had they seen in him early on? He really had some limited carries and not so flashy numbers early on in the season. What did they see in him that made him realize, hey, he's going to be the feature back and we need to put him out there more on the field? And, and has he exceeded expectations for you so far? Oh, well, when you go back to one of the early games, I believe it was week number four against the Raiders. I think he had three carries for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. And after that game, everybody was saying, we got to get Nick Chubb more involved, more involved, more involved, and he wasn't getting the football. And I think John Dorsey said, okay, I know how to get Nick Chubb more involved. We're going to get Carlos Hyde out of the way, and that happened. And Nick Chubb has come in and has been a feature back, touching it 20 times uh, the last two weeks, multiple touchdowns, over 120 yard, total yards in both games. He is leading the NFL in yards after a contact per carry. He's leading the NFL in forced missed tackles per carry. He is strong. He is fast. He's elusive. He is better than anybody expected. And in the last two weeks, he's been throwing the ball six times. He's caught all six for 77 yards and two touchdowns, which is something I think he had nine catches his final year at Georgia. He's got six the last two weeks, and he's showing I'm a complete back. My pass protection skills have improved. My ability to catch the football has improved. He had a great touchdown catch just this past week. It was a real highlight, real catch. And he is doing it all for this football team. Short yardage, hitting the home runs. He has been absolutely spectacular. Yeah, he, he certainly is a versatile weapon, being able to score both on the ground, through the air. And like you mentioned, he's up to 663 yards and, and eight total touchdowns, six rushing, two receiving on the season. Uh, can you tell us what makes him so hard to bring down as as a, as a running back and as a receiver? What makes him so elusive and what makes him so good? Is it just his speed? So I asked him this. And we saw glimpses of it in training camp. You know, a lot of people thought coming out of Georgia that Chubb was kind of the more plodding power back and Sony Michelle was a home run hitter. Well, Chubb has shown the ability to hit those home runs three touchdowns or more than 40 yards already this year on the ground. And if he hits another one, by the way, that'll give him four on the season, which would be the most in the NFL since going back to 2012 when Adrian Peterson and Doug Martin did it. Uh, he ripped off a 92-yard run, which is the longest run in franchise history, although I'm sure Lamar Miller would be like, yeah, I just ran for a 97-yard touchdown on Monday night. <laughs> he did. However, Chubb is no-nonsense, is kind of out there and 
and braggadocious, I would say, as Baker Mayfield is Nick Chubb is a throwback, just a worker. He has that will. He never wants to be tackled by the first guy, but he also has tremendous vision. And I think as you watch the NFL, the one trait that all of the great backs have is tremendous vision and then the ability to be able to pair their feet to that vision. And Nick Chubb has that as well as the power that he carries. He's a big guy and he's the speed that he is able to bring. You mentioned Greg Williams. Uh, I saw a story that he wants to talk playoffs with this Browns team, 4-6-1, and one, just sort of keep that out there that, hey, you guys are not out of it just yet, which is the exact opposite of what's happening in Houston because despite winning eight in a row, Bill O'Brien wants none of this playoff talk. Explain a little bit about that mindset behind keeping the players motivated and playing meaningful games in December. You've won two in a row, won the first one on the road in a really long time, snapped that losing streak, but now you really have no margin for error. What is it like with Greg Williams in charge there? No, there is no margin. I think what the players love about Greg Williams, and I mentioned, you know, he's brought a discipline to this organization. He treats them like adults and they're accountable. He says, here are the rules, okay? Here's what happens if you do if you do A, you're going to get B, and lays it out for them. They totally understand what's happening. And he actually told them about the playoffs prior to the Bengals game and say, listen, you are not out of it. We have an opportunity to do something great. So let's take it one game at a time and go out there and do that. It's not, hey, let's talk playoffs. And I don't believe me, Browns fans in two weeks have gone from talking about another top five pick in the draft to playoff fever has hit Cleveland with these two wins. But this is the, obviously the toughest test. The Texans are playing great football. But I think for Greg, it's saying, look, you guys, all of you have come, you know, a lot of our team is young. And a lot of them came from very successful college programs. Denzel Ward at Ohio State, Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma, Nick Chubb at Georgia, just in this rookie class. And he's saying, okay, you guys are used to playing in big games this time of year. Well, we have the opportunity to do that. Treat every single one of these games like a playoff game. Leave it out there and let's see what we can do. If we can shock the world, great. But I think you've seen a Browns team that is playing its best football at this moment, which is not anything I've seen in my time with the Browns. Uh, Miles Garrett uh, now has 10 sacks on the season. It's hard to believe it's just his second year in the NFL. I know a lot of people in Texas are following his career very closely, especially the Aggies. How has he improved from his rookie season? I think, number one, he's healthy. I think that was a big thing last year. He wasn't healthy, uh, and this year he is. He's got 10 sacks. He could probably easily have 20. He probably could have 20 holding penalties. It's probably like what you guys feel watching J.J. Watt that, He's going to get a sack or he's getting held on every play. That's how it is with Miles Garrett. His ability to get around the edge and the bend that he has is as good as I've ever seen in the NFL, and he's developed a lot of counter moves to that. He is a force to be reckoned with. He plays the run exceptionally well. And there was a game two weeks ago against Atlanta. He didn't show up in the stat sheet, but everything that our defense was able to accomplish in holding them to 16 points and all the other pressure, you know, they're double-teaming and sometimes triple-teaming him. The attention that he commands, and I'm sure you guys know this experience with you know J.J. Watt, is it, it, it's a game-changer. You truly have to game-plan for him as an offense, and if you don't, he will make you play. I was going to ask you about Hard Knocks because I feel like the season started off with Hard Knocks there in the building, and a lot has changed yeah. for the Browns. Um, what were your impressions after watching the show? I know we went through it a few years ago, but you know, how did you feel about how the coaches and the players were portrayed? Did it sort of seem like the writing was on the wall the way that things were portrayed, or is there anything that really surprised you or stood out to you from it? I think with the benefit of hindsight, a lot at the time, you know, you saw the kind of emerging rift between Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson that ultimately led to the dismissal of both of those men. Now, it was very much downplayed at the time, but clearly there was some truth to what was shown. Uh, as far as the players go, I think the Jarvis Landry speech will always stand out. 
about you oh, know, definitely. the desire to be out there, the work ethic, to play through the injuries and how that's contagious. That will be a highlight moment. I think the one thing uh, that was unfortunate is the players that they really chose to focus on really never had a chance to make the roster. Carl Nassib would have been the only one that I thought really had a chance to make the roster that ended up being a very big surprise that he was let go. But, you know, Kajus and Roback and, and Nate Orchard really never had a chance to make it. And so I wish they had been able to tell the stories a little more of some of the guys that had a chance to make it or even some of the new acquisitions. A guy like Demarius Randall who's having a fantastic season and has really changed our defense as that free safety. He's got three interceptions on the year and has brought a lot of attitude and swagger to that side of the ball. So, Looking back on it, those are the tweets I wish that they had made, but I think ultimately you did get a peek behind the curtain and maybe all too real of a peek behind the curtain for ultimately how this season has played out. Yeah, we saw a little bit of Baker Mayfield. I was going to ask you, now that he's been there for uh, most of the year, was there anything that you've learned about him that's, that's really surprised you? I, just how good he is, honestly. I mean, you watch the college tape and you say, wow, this guy's incredibly accurate. He has all the traits that you would want in a franchise quarterback. Um you know, you saw the natural leadership in glimpses, but just seeing the Baker that has kind of emerged now that it is his team, because he always said, look, I can't truly be the leader if I'm not playing. And now that he's playing, playing at a high level, you're seeing that, and just the, the command that he has over the locker room and over this organization is very impressive. I mean, you've heard the stories, you know, I, I've known some guys, or talked to some guys who have played with him at Oklahoma, and they all, it, it's, you get the same story, but until you see it and live it, it's hard to believe that it is exactly as it was presented to you, but it is exactly as it was presented in the case of Baker Mayfield. Two very young, dynamic quarterbacks going to be uh, facing yeah. each other in Sunday's game. I'm looking forward to it. looking forward to seeing Baker Mayfield make his debut in Houston and, and see which of these teams can continue their streaks. Uh, good stuff. Nathan Zagura, senior media broadcaster and host of Cleveland Browns Daily. Nathan, thank you so much. We'll see you here on Sunday. Absolutely, and hopefully it'll be a little bit different than the not-quite-as-hyped Kevin Hogan to Sean Austin matchup from a year ago. This will be a, a little bit better with Baker Mayfield. That's, that's absolutely right. All right, thanks so much, Nathan. We'll see you soon. You got it. Thank you. Fascinating look at the Cleveland Browns. That connection was a little bit crackly. I don't know where he was going. He was going to work, so I apologize for that. But I think it's interesting to see how things have changed so much with the Browns, even from the start of the season. But I know when that schedule came out and when the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield, uh, we were we were joking that you never know with injuries and circumstances, we could be seeing him at NRG Stadium in week 13. And there you have it. So, hey, if you like the podcast, you can always subscribe uh, to iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. Leave a review. Let me know what you think. We'll be back next week. As always, check out HoustonTexas.com. For all the content that Lamar Miller interview is actually up as a video as well on UCTexans.com and all of our great content as well. So thanks so much for listening. That's going to do it for this week. As always, go Texans.